everyone. Um, I'm Mark Shenton, as usual, um, to introduce this opera preview. I'll welcome my esteemed panel. Um, uh, if you all come up together, um, but um, we've got uh, two singers and three creative um, people from the creative team. So first of all, uh, Olafur Sigurdsson, who, um, sorry about the pronunciation, Oli, uh, but he's known as Oli in the business, um, who's playing Miller, Elizabeth Llewellyn, who's playing Louisa, um, Barbara, uh, Barbara uh, Harukova, Jolie, who's the director, James Rosenthal, who's the choreographer, and Alexander Joel, who's the conductor. So welcome the panel. So you guys have come straight from uh, West Hampstead. You've been rehearsing all day, your third week. Yeah, yeah, we've been rehearsing at, if you, some of you might know the Jerwood space in Suffolk. Uh, that's where we've been rehearsing. And, uh, sorry, oh, thank you. Um, yes, we've been rehearsing at the Jerwood space in Southwark. Uh, so we've been, well, we've been rehearsing since the 2nd of January. So when you were eating turkey sandwiches still, <laughs> we were working. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've been rehearsing since then and I, yeah, we've been rehearsing all day until 5.30. So uh, we kind of <laughs> toddled over. And Liz, Liz for you. And, and Liz, Disclaimer. For you, for you, Liz, this is very much a sort of homecoming, isn't it? Because you were an E&O young artist. Um, yes, yes, I was. That's right. Yeah, I was um, an E&O young artist. I made my operatic debut on that stage as uh, Mimi in La Boheme um, in 2010. And I was a young artist here uh, between 2010 and 2012. Yeah. Right, right. And you, you, for you, it's a debut. You've, is, yes. you've not been at the DNO before. No, that's my first time, yes. So how did this come up? Presumably, we, we should ask Barbara. How all of them have been engaged? How did you no, engage No, no, the that? production. Or how, how, I, no, how did you engage that, the, these artists? Uh. <laughs> I fortunately did not engage them, but uh, the, the, the casting director you have in the, in the theatre yes. did an amazing job, which of course is now bringing the director into the paradise, because as you can see, what more you need than this somehow. You have to be also enough humble to kind of uh, give a space for this incredible music and this really, really exceptional artist which we have. But I do knew Oli before, and when we did this uh, one year ago, he certainly was on my wish list as a miller for the role, but he could not do it uh, by the time because he was already engaged somewhere else. And I was jumping uh, into the sky when I read that he actually will be engaged here in You are not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true serendipity that, that this, the person you wanted to cast was already cast, or yeah, effectively exactly. got cast. So the director doesn't choose the casting at this house? Well, it's, it depends. It's, um, it's always a bit different on the, in the, in the theatres. Um, sometimes you get, because it's a job also in the theatres mostly, that you have a yeah. casting director who is travelling around and, and seeing the people, and then you are asked like, what kind of a type of singer you imagine for the role yeah. and uh, they uh, it's also sometimes I say it's not Game of the Thrones but Game of Operas because it's also of course you have agencies and, and each theatre works with different agents as well and so on so it's quite complicated thing sometimes but I uh, often get like a, like a list with proposition of the singers for the role and then I listen and look and uh, 
I um, have been, how do you say, studying music myself, so I kind of have a also color imagination often for the role, so it's fantastic if I get the chance to, to, to choose also yeah. this, yes, so. And for you, this is not your, you know, well, first time working in this theatre, because you've worked before with Calixto Bieto, who used to yes, work at Yes, I was here. working here as a, in a function you call Dramaturg, well, sometimes you say traumaturg because uh, <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, for the force of destiny with him as an assistant. And the funny thing was that actually there was an assistant engaged also on the show, which was it's supposed to be a co-production with Metropolitan Opera, which sadly didn't happen after. But the assistant which was here engaged from the Metropolitan Opera was called Luisa Miller. Ah. <laughs> What are the chances? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and that, was that the force of destiny? That was the force that, of that destiny, did here? yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and so how long were you, uh, the, you, you did that whole production from the, from the, as dramaturge from the beginning of it? Exactly, yes, 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 yes. yes. And we, 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 have, we, we thought before, we were preparing the set, we were preparing a lot of adaptations of the set because it should be a production from different theatres and then we came here and it was a wonderful time. It was my first meeting with this incredible company and uh, we had a wonderful time and there has been some changes through the times but it's still a wonderful time being back, so... <laughs> Indeed, even this production was commissioned by the previous artistic director, wasn't it, Daniel Kramer? That is true, yes. <laughs> um, who you were telling me earlier, you barely met in the process. Yeah, we, we did not meet, really, we met... Uh, actually, uh, I saw him for the first time when I came to Colosseum because I, I, I won a prize, the newcomer of the year, from the Opera Awards, and he was the one who was giving me the prize. So yes. then I saw the face of Daniel Kramer, and I met him again... Uh, when he came to the premiere in Wuppertal, and then we had some some exchanges, like email exchanges, yes. and we planned a meeting, but it did not happen anymore. So you mentioned this uh, Wuppertal, which is where you did this production, uh, did a production of this last year. But you you told me earlier that this is very different to that production. Yes, it is very different. Uh, it's actually, I would say, really a new production, because. Um, well, I have been making a lot of remakes from another directors, which uh, you kind of are very fresh in it and you have your own ideas to put it on the stage and you follow something. And this is the first so-called remake of my own production for me. And I realized that it's impossible to do a remake of your own production because of course you have completely new artists and they have different possibilities, they have different feelings, they have different uh, thoughts and, and uh, so, I, it's impossible to recreate something. Really, you have to, it's 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 much easier and much much nicer, much more intense to create it new with them. Really, and uh, we also had sadly some troubles with the settings where we did it for the first time uh, with the construction of the set. So we didn't had the chance to use really what we wanted on the setting fully. And so this is like fantastic opportunity because it has been done a bit new here. So we can also try new things with, and so we could really start completely free and new. And um, I mean, visually, maybe from the first uh, view, it seems similar, but it really is different. And also your choir is absolutely really stellar here. It's stunning, it's, it's wonderful. And, and really also, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, may, maybe um, Alex will tell you after, but um, 
It is really uh, not easy score, yeah. vocally, I would say. It's very demanding. And to have artists who really are also, you know, it's already a big job to, 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 to bring this music and to sing it, interpret it, and to have artists which also are giving to the soul to it, really, and, and, and really getting into the characters, it's just uh, fantastic. And, yeah, maybe I say later a little bit yeah, more yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. James, you were involved in the Wurpertel production too, yes. as choreographer. Um, you, you, you work with, it's, it's four dancers, you were saying earlier to Yeah, me. we have four dancers in the production. Uh, contemporary dancers uh, from a contemporary dance background as the work that we tend to do is quite modern and I work with Barbora quite often and um, yeah it required the production and its aesthetic requires contemporary dances. Right uh, so how did you get involved in in, in the show I mean this this time because uh, you say you worked before but so did, did Barbora ask you to join to join her on it? Yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yes, yes. Um, and you, and doing it in in uh, Wuppertal that that's um, obviously it's it's a Big legacy there. Pina Bausch is everywhere in that town. Even the taxi drivers, some one of you were saying, uh, all talk about Pina Bausch. Was that intimidating? Uh, yeah, a little bit, of course. Going over to such an established name and a house that, yeah, house is that. Um, however, we, yeah, working together, bringing fresh ideas. And I must say, the dancers that we had in Wuppertal uh, were of a different training background to the dancers that we have here. Um, they were more actor performers, and here we have technically contemporary trained dancers. Um, and therefore, with this production that we're bringing here, there's, again, like Barbara was saying with the singers, um, you have new possibilities. I have new dancers, I have new bodies, I have, yeah, again, new possibilities to create the show with, of course, a flavour that we had in Wuppertal, but it is, it's a new creation. So new choreography too, presumably, yeah. as a result, yes, yes. Uh, Alexander, were you were you involved in the Wuppertal production, or have you, con or have you conducted this um, opera before? Yeah, I've done it twice actually already. I did a new production in Braunschweig where I was music director. This was two thousand, ooh, I don't know, thirteen, twelve, something like that. Yeah, and I did it in Hamburg last season. Oh, right. It was a revival. Yeah, so I've, I've, I'm quite familiar with the piece actually. So tell us about the complexity of the music that that you were saying, James was saying. It's, it's actually very interesting because he, he, he was a sort of in a, just before his middle period with Traviata and, and Travatore, you know, before his big period, so to speak, his first big period. And he, he starts bringing elements already. He has lots of dark colors in the scores. He uses violas a lot with lots of middle voices. And he starts off quite conventionally, so to speak. The first number is almost this kind of Donizetti kind of... I don't want to say banal because that would be belittling the music, but it's it's very structured, very simple. It's you know slow part, and then there's a cabaletta. There's all these kind of arias, and then you have the the first part. So almost yeah, sim very simple actually. And then it gets more and more complex as the score goes on. And you have so-called light motifs. You have you know themes that come in the overture. Can you just play the, the first... And it's like you have a motif that comes throughout the opera and you have another... There's one or two motifs that go through the opera, which is quite new at that time. So yeah. he, he, he starts going towards his middle period. And there's parts that sound like Traviata there. And there's later on at the end when he comes in and poisons her. So I hope I haven't given away anything. <laughs> she does die at the end. Spoiler. She dies. So it's first off where Soprano dies. That's does anyone his... die in this piece? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't Barbara told you yet the story? No, okay. Anyway, so... Um, 
so we have dying sopranos. We have we have people. Uh, we have motifs um, which which come throughout the opera. And uh, I've lost my train of thought now. You make a joke and you, you lose it. <laughs> and from, yeah. from a singing point of view, how how have, you, have either of you sung this opera before? I have not. No, sorry. So, excuse me. I was so in, I was so in, in awe of what Alex was saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is my first uh, first Miller. Yes. And, and you? No, I've not. Oh, hello. Uh, no, I've not sung Louisa before. Um, so yeah, this is a royal debut. But um, for me, in terms of how it's worked out in my season, I think Oli's sung quite a lot of Verdi um, title roles: Falstaff, Rigoletto. He's your man. Um, uh, I've just uh, sort of pressed the pause button on a on a uh, production of Aida in Germany. Uh, so I've. I've was doing that between October and end of December, pressed the pause button and came, started this rehearsal. So it's been quite interesting for me to just compare and contrast yes. uh, something that is so iconic as Aida, as something that isn't as well known uh, as Louisa Miller. It's been really interesting for me. So I've only sung one other Verdi role, which is Amelia in Simon Bocanegra, and that was back in 2013. Are you yeah. going back to Aida? You said you put the pause button. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the rest of the performances are in March, April of this year. And immediately before that, you just done Porgy and Bess in New York at the Met. Yes. So, <laughs> quite, it's been quite busy. Quite a contrast. Quite a study in contrast, though, as well. Isn't it? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, my my practice sessions were quite interesting. Sort of this strange sandwich of, of Verdi with Gershwin in the middle. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a certain amount of, you know, because you try as a singer to not sort of pull yourself about vocally, you try yes. to kind of keep quite consistent in the way that you sing. Um, and so Gershwin basically got a Verdi treatment. Um, <laughs> so yeah, which, which probably stood me in good stead in a house of that size actually. Yeah, and the mess, of course, um, so so as you say, so huge. But also, yeah. the production is still ongoing. So you have still to leave, ongoing. Leave yeah, they've that. actually added another three performances because all of the performances were sold out. My performance, which is a house debut, was sold out as well. So, um, yeah, it's been really successful for the house, um, really successful for the city. Yeah, there's a great buzz about it. But yes, I had to leave because I wanted to come and sing Louisa Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Met, is, is it intimidating to do the Met, being given I, its reputation actually, and also no, how big it is? Yeah, I mean, it, it, this house is sort of more wide really it kind of fans out and so you're aware of it that way the met is much more sort of vertical and so when you're on the stage uh there's a whole sort of bank of seats that you're not really aware of because they're so high up um and it's got actually got a great acoustic so as soon as you get used to that uh how it feels on the stage it's actually a lovely place to sing uh, not into, and I had great castmates like I do for Louisa Miller, and so they they made me feel really at home. And um, yeah, and so from that point of view, it was it was easy. It was it was a joy actually. So yeah. And how does that compare to the space as a matter of interest? Again, this is actually a fantastic acoustic. It, it's just you're just aware of you're just aware of the fact that it's it's a wider auditorium. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a lovely place to sing. It's a very it's very kind of kind to voices, and it, yeah. it gives gives back to you as a singer from the stage. And so it 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 
that really helps to sort of uh, work out where you are in the voice and how much to give and how much to sort of keep back. Um, yeah, it's a lovely place to sing, actually, the Collie. I love singing here. Ollie, have you sung on the stage yet? No, this is the first time I'll make it across the pit, actually. I've, <coughs> I've, uh, <coughs> I've only sat in the audience before, so I'm, yeah. uh, I'm terribly excited. So have you not even been on the stage to sing yet? Have not yet, no, no. no. I haven't I haven't even been backstage yet. So. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, no, I, I, did go to, uh, I did go to college here in London, to music college, and uh, I was I mean, a frequent guest in dress rehearsals and stuff, but uh, yeah, I did hang around stage door to see a couple of faces at the yes. time, I shall admit. But uh, so, as I say, I've never, I haven't made it across the pit yet, right. but it'll happen soon. So. <laughs> Where did you study? I went to the Royal Academy of Music uh, two years here in London, and then to the, the, what used to be called the Scottish Academy in Glasgow. Right, right. So, uh, and then we stayed, uh, uh, the bulk of my work was in the UK for many years, but I relocated to Germany. Oh, no, re I, I moved over to Germany about 11, 12 years ago. Is that home now? That's home. Berlin is home now, yes. But of course, you're from Iceland. I'm from, originally. yes, exactly. Iceland uh, has, pr uh, and, I, and I spent eight hours in Abergavenny, and she says I sound Welsh, you know. <laughs> 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 I think it. I think it's. I think it's having lived in Glasgow and and, and England and the singing. It just comes out Welsh in the wash, you know. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> it's our very own Bryn Terfel. There you go. No, Iceland has. Uh, Iceland, although Iceland remains home, it'll always be home. But uh, it's it's very unpractical for a travelling singer. So. But also, there's not that much opera there, presumably. Not much. There is a little. There's a fair fair little bit. Yeah. We're actually about to do the first Valkyrie in Iceland. Uh, it's going to be a semi-staged version in the Reykjavik Arts Festival, but they are ambitious over there. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and I did that run of Tosca there three years ago, yeah. uh, where my son actually was Sharone to my Scarpia, so we, we, <laughs> we keep it nice in the family there, yeah. so it's, it's, it's quite good. So, We're well, quite an international lineup here, aren't we? Because, of course, you come from Prague, so... Um, yes, yes, I'm coming from Prague and I'm used to apologize for my bad German, which I learned in Switzerland, which is really bad. Now I have to apologize for my really bad English, which I kind of learned in the USA, so <laughs> it's also not better. <laughs> so what was, your, what, how, what was your route into directing from, um, from Prague to, 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 to today? Um, I actually started music first and I have to con confess I started singing first. And I started in Prague at the conservatory in Prague and at the academy. And then I went for a competition to Switzerland. And there was a guy from, from Norway who started to be teacher in Switzerland. And he was a fantastic singer. By the, he was a pupil of uh, Fischer Diskau and Hefliger. And, and, uh, and he had a fantastic culture. And he was like, come, come over to Switzerland. We start together, study here. And my mom was thinking, oh my God, I could not pay a Bratislava and now we want to go to Switzerland. Um, but uh, there is a fantastic system, I have to say, with a lot of opportunity of getting stipendias and getting uh, um, um, competitions and a big support. So I did start to study there. And um, then as if you want to stay in Switzerland, you have to continue to study to be able to have the permission to stay there. So I did three diplomas uh, in music. <laughs> and, uh, and 
Then I was in my first engagement in the smallest opera in Switzerland, and uh, I was still finishing the last studies, and I realized, oh my God, I was a lot sitting uh, in the bus and in the makeup, and I really, um, uh, how do you say, I, my character always been, because I really admire singers very much, because it is really like being high-level um, sportal. Yeah. And uh, I realized that uh, my, my, my character and my, 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 my being does not really fit to it because it's the demand an extreme discipline. And I mean, of course, it did depend also as a director discipline, uh, but uh, it's a different one. You really have to take care of your health. And I'm not a big sleeper. I like to talk. I, I like to go out <laughs> with the friends, you know, things like this. But I loved theater. And I was since very, very small in the children's choir and since five years old in the, in the opera choir and children's opera choir. And um, so I, I grew up like this. And then I said one day, okay, basta. I think I, it's, it's not really the way, but I could not let it go, the opera and the theater. And since I started quite early, I was not so old to try something else yeah. and I always had fun with uh, playing around and with the directors and we created a group also with the friends where we actually, um, it was like a free, free, uh, free contemporary theater group where we worked with uh, kids from difficult backgrounds which did not have really the possibilities to get to make music somewhere or to play theaters and uh, we always wrote a new piece and we worked with these kids and I did kind of scenography and 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 the staging and so on with them and uh, and uh, and uh, my husband, which was not her husband uh, by the time, was making the music and, and so on. So, so I always was been in and then I thought, okay, maybe uh, next week there is a, I have an entry exam in Munich for directing. I heard it should be good school. Let's try. And I get in and I was studying um, for half a year directing. <laughs> And uh, I had a chance because um, I could, since I, I have been kind of working in the theater, I could make a little performance with the actors from the school. And um, the former director of the theater in Basel, of the opera in Basel, was just reading a na my name and he knew me because I was doing the study singing in Basel at the opera also. And he was thinking, come, come assist, you will learn more and I let you do. And he also did that and I, it's true, I learned a lot by assisting. Yeah. And it was great house because there was really a lot of international artists coming and they took me also after some of them uh, to travel with them and to learn how different houses are working, what it really needs, and um, I've got great support, yeah. It's quite unusual for a director to have been a singer. I mean, a lot of, mm. of theatre directors have been actors, but actually for a theatre, for an opera director to have been a singer first, yeah. it, does that reveal itself in the way... It, uh, it makes directs? an enormous difference. It's... Yeah. it's, uh, it's um, um, uh, it's directing on steroids, basically. I mean, it is just fantastic. Because Barbora, I mean, she does, she understands, uh, I'm not saying others, others don't, but she understands immediately our difficulties with certain scenes. I mean, I will say Barbora is a very demanding director. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, but, uh, but um, she'd never... Um, I, I have worked with people who have asked me to do things that I couldn't do, but they still insisted. That's not happening in this in this case, and it never will. And I'm sh I'm certain. I mean, we have worked. This is our third production working together, and uh, I mean, th th this is heaven for us. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. What yeah. were the other two? We hope it will be heaven also for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, to answer your 
question more specifically. Uh, yes, I do. I think we both, I, I think I can speak for both of us. You do feel immediately uh, her reading of the score and her understanding of our physique and possibilities and limitations is extremely helpful. And I think it moves us forward possibly a little faster than in other cases. And if I may say, she's a, she studied, you study flute as well, right? So she's a, sorry, not that you're not musicians singers or anything. <laughs> didn't, I didn't mean like that. What? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say something. Anyway, no, but she, so she, so she, today, uh, what was it, were you playing, was it, uh, Nathan? It was a, there's, a, there's a drum roll, and on the piano, you, it's written in the piano score as a, as a, as a, as a, yeah, exactly. It's written as a trill, and she goes, "That's wrong." It should. And then she went and checked, but that's a drum roll, which is on one note. Yeah. And she, uh, so I was like, "Oh wow, she really knows the score better than me." Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, but all, all jokes aside, she's 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 really she she gets the music, and some directors don't sometimes say anything bad about directors. And, but, uh, and, and also she's aware of, here the singers need to be in the front because it's loud, which is, no, I've never experienced a director say that. Because she knows there's no point having the singers back, the back you won't hear them enough. Whatever the conductor makes the orchestra playing it soft, you won't hear them. So she's very aware of the, the, where the voices should be and manages to always get them in good spots, which is more important than people actually realize for the singers and also for the conductors. So you, you make the orchestra play so, soft all the time to hear the singers it doesn't have the same drama so um yeah and as you probably picked up actually they work really well together yes. which doesn't always happen either um and so that it's a real blessing for us because you, you're not then caught in between a concept that the conductor has and a concept that the director has and never to twain shall meet you know they actually they you know if we if we have a problem with text or uh you know we need to be in particular parts of the stage or whatever it is um that means actually, i just give in basically all the time <laughs> <laughs> today yes, we just dear. opened a cut and like, oh, okay open the cut yeah and um and and that that is a real blessing actually for singers because it just as Oli said it means that we can work quite quickly and where uh, we have we may have different opinions but we move forward of one mind uh uh and and put together the the work um as a team and as you can tell we actually get on really well yes. um and so that, that that helps enormously yeah and just as a technical question are you in rehearsal every day as well uh well, the thing is, I was asked quite late to do this production, so there were unfortunately the last ten days or so I was had to sort of go in and out. But I'm actually here now to the premiere, and I was here well the first couple of weeks, and I missed about yeah. a week, right. nine or ten days, or not all of the ten days. So, but yeah, I like I like being part of the process. Yeah. It's uh, I, I think very I'm an I'm basically an opera conductor. I'm not a conductor. I mean, in a sense, you know, you've got symphonic conductors and opera conductors, and actually most people want to do symphonic conducting because you get much more success than being an opera conductor. But it's true, it's true. You just do Mahler symphonies and everyone thinks you're a genius. Well, it's true. You just do, I'm going to do Mahler's cycle. Oh, that's really original. Well done there. You have a big success. And but opera is really a whole different ball game, and it's much, much more complicated, and you get far less recognition, which it doesn't matter if you get recognition or not, but it's, uh, but it's, a, it's a longer process. You're in a concert, you rehearse two, three days, like opera you rehearse six weeks five six weeks depending if it's a premiere or a revival and i like being part of the drama i'm a i'm a stage guy i like to see the stage i love singers i love voices 
uh, I love good stage directors. I'm, I just love all of that. That's my you world. you only joined by your orchestra pretty late in the day. The no, we've already had uh, orchestra rehearsals. Yeah, we had a couple of a few calls uh, last. We had a, a zitz probe yesterday, a stage a rehearsal with the singers. We had three orchestra rehearsals alone already, and we had the first uh, zitz probe, which was great yesterday. Well, these guys were fabulous. So, um, and it's a great orchestra, really. They are so they are so quick. Um, it's such a pleasure and really nice, very nice people as well. So it's just absolutely, this was a great production. It's great fun to work on. And when the orchestra aren't there, is, is it just Nathan? Or is it, is it yes, Nathan and, uh, plays the piano most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and Murray. So, yeah. Well, it's Murray, it's Murray. We have two pianists and uh, a rehearsal. And we work about five, six hours a day. Yeah. So Nathan, you're there for, you've been there for the most of the process. Right, which because because you, you're you're also here as part of a residency, aren't you? You you said you're the resident. Uh, yes, well, I'm the uh, the trainee repetitor this season, so I'm I'm here just uh, since August. Right, sort of learning the ropes, but uh, working on multiple shows. Yes, yes. Exactly. Right. So I did the uh, the Burt Whistle Mask of Orpheus, and then the Glass Orfei back in the autumn, and then in the spring I'm doing this and the Marriage of Figaro. So again, quite a contrast. Yes, yes it's, a, it's been a great kind of smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different eras and styles. Because yeah. we did one of these opera previews for The Glass as well, and right. incredibly complex um, musically, isn't it, Glass? Yeah, it is, it is complex. He's got his, his own language, and he's responding in that piece to a film. So even for Glass, it was something unique, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alex, this is your second time here, do you know, though? Yeah. You did La Bohème. Who's, La Bohème, yeah. It, when was that? Last season. Oh, last season, so the current production, yes. Yes. Yes, right, right, right. Um, and you did that from scratch as well? You were the debut conductor? Uh, no, no, this is the old production. Oh, old revival, right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been going for a few years. Is it Jonathan Miller, yes, I think? It yeah, it's a Jonathan Miller yeah. production, yes. which has been around for quite a while, yeah. Yeah, we, we just recently lost. Yes, yes. Mm. sadly, yeah. Um, have any of the rest of you worked with Jonathan? Yes, well, my, the bohème that I was involved well, in. It was, the, it, was the, it was that one? Yes, yes yeah. And uh, although he had an assistant, uh, Natasha Metherill, if some of you might have heard of her, um, he was there for pretty much all of the rehearsals. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was quite a character. I, I, because it was my debut, I wasn't quite sure what to make of him at first. Uh, and, uh, and then, and then you, you get to understand the way that he works. And, and he's a, he was a fascinating man. Um, he's another yeah. polymath. I mean, yes, we, we totally. said about Bobra is, is that polymaths. I mean, people who do many things. I mean, he was everything, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he really was. Performer and, as well. Comedian, yeah, comedian just, originally. Just incredible, and so it was. It was, it was an education just having a conversation with him over coffee about anything. What I was reading, you know, what he had read or what he had seen. It, yeah, he's incredibly. Uh, it, yeah, I, I, he really was a genius, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he'll be sorely missed. We're definitely going to miss him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but coming now to to the to the present day. Um, Doing this, this opera here um, now, what, mm. what, what, what can we expect from it? <laughs> what can you expect? Um, Without giving too much away. Okay, you can expect um, some incredibly brilliant singing. Uh, this cast is, is, it really is a, a dream cast. I feel very lucky to be part of it, really. Um, so you will experience some great singing. 
um, some wonderful music, some very stirring music. It's, uh, as Alex was saying, you know, it starts off sounding quite sort of traditional Donizetti and then these very sort of dark elements, even from the overture, sort of come in and, and, and you're aware of those things vaguely and then they become more apparent as the opera goes on and so you're really drawn into the story and the characters um you can expect uh it's i don't think it's, it's, it's we've discussed this before it's not a grand opera it's very much in a way sort of chamber opera it's a family drama um and so although there are some very big numbers the the focus is on uh people on relationships and and how they break down or or how you you sort of create or form new ones um and so there's a real a real human element it's not a sort of operatic plot in that sense um so i think you will be drawn in by the storytelling uh storytelling not just by the singers or or by the music but the dancers you know do ask about the dancers because our our new colleagues our four new colleagues are uh, fabulous and they really do they really do add to the drama um and to the tension and, and to the pressures that the characters find themselves um under and and in um so that's that for me is actually quite exciting i don't get to see very much of it but it's really interesting to see how they help us to tell that story clearly is dance normally a part of, of this opera or is it is have you just added it well um for me the dance was part of the opera since ever actually and uh, we cut this in 20 centuries off a little bit yes. and uh, as i was saying before it's also sometimes this uh, fear in the Deutsche Regie Theater, the, 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 the German, how do you say, way of directing, that everything has to be very, uh, how do you say, it? nothing what was maybe you can call the old uh, conventions maybe. But um, there is a lot of dance, yes, in Louisa Miller in a way. The music is very, very danceful. It's of course not like a Carmen where it's very obvious every yes. number is a dance number somehow. But um, yes, there is no specific ballet written. This yes. is not. But um, you can tell that for me in this Verdi it's really, as you said, it's, it's very psychological drama really. And you can see how two fathers uh, oppress their kids and they pretend they just want the best the best for them but at the end they actually want the best for themselves and um, you will not see on the stage uh, classical rooms you will not see a poor room of a poor miller and and castle of a Walter. But uh, we wanted to create a space where the public have a space for association still. But you will get who they are and where they come just from the characters. So the thought what from after what you will see it's it's very simple it's kind of black and white set and it's it's uh, it's not it's not glamorous set or it's not something which gives you already the space and the clear situations you have to create it but you create it through the characters and that was what i wanted to achieve that it's a focus really on the characters on their fears on their um 
there is a lot of violence in this opera going on very much and um and on their playing and as is it called it's a uh, laugh intrigue and poison and you have a 10 first minute of kind of happiness and glamorosity and then it goes straight down <laughs> and um um, yes, I have been really lucky that we have this, this, uh, this incredible artists and actors also, uh, because without their heart and soul, you can put whatever on the stage, and for me it doesn't work. And the dancers are, um, because there is in this opera this interesting character called Wurm, and I always try to find different colors in the characters, because I don't believe that we are just black and white. I think... We have everything inside of us. We are good, but we are also, we carry a amount of, 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 of badness, of darkness. And, um, and this worm is a character, musically also, how it's written. It's, it's, it's strange because he always, he is not like entering music or something like this. He always is suddenly there. And then he reacts and he, and he disappears. And um, it's a guy which is, it's 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 kind of the darkness inside of all of us, and it's on us to feel how far we let the, the darkness to grow uh, grow inside of us, or if we able to stop it. And uh, therefore, it's white said, which gets it's very simple. We use black color, and it gets from white to black. It's that simple, but um, it's created very sudden. So it's always in the situation he's coming, and when he sees the darkness, it's growing in the characters. You see it growing around. And sometimes it's down by the children's, because we have also children's characters, which represents the small children, uh, small Luisa and small Rodolfo, because this piece is for me a lot about childhood and about the fathers, how they were with their kids and what the kids became to be through the, the relationships they had with their fathers. And so sometimes it's getting darker with uh, simple children's drawings on the wall and sometimes... I will not tell everything, but um, <laughs> but uh, so basically this is the focus, and uh, and the dancers are this worm is 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 wearing a kind of a mask. He is a faceless guy, and there are a few moments where he becomes to be also a human himself. But the dancers are are kind of this darkness of this part of the worm who suddenly start to move around. So this would be the as you said before, the challenge of, of also of, for the singers that they suddenly have to really face this faceless darkness. Yeah. Mm. So it's quite a dark piece, a period. It is a dark piece, and it's really, um, you can tell that it was written in the times where there were still some conventions, I mean, in the Schiller original, Kabale und Liebe, um, the story is a bit bigger. There are some characters, like, for, for example, the character of Federica, the Duchess, which is kind of the first love of Rodolfo. It's much bigger. It's much, much um, stronger character in a way uh, because she is the lover of the father of Rodolfo and you see really a different kind of a story. While here it's uh, sadly, because we have a fantastic uh, Federica here, um, which is kind of cut, but it was also because by the time it was written, um, um, the leading lady, the soprano, said no, and there will still be no other leading lady, and they had to follow, <laughs> they had to follow this convention. So she has been she has been cut, and uh, he really wanted in the original. You you can tell there is much more space on the in the play of the. Um, 
of the, uh, the, the social play. It's very important in Schiller. It's very, very important uh, that the, the poor ones fight. It's much more Les Miserables, in a way. Fights uh, uh, against the aristocracy and so on. But there was a big censure as well, so you could not use the same names and so on. And when he was writing it, he really wanted to do kind of a chamber piece. So um, he cut all of these things off. Therefore, I also didn't want it to bring this back in the set to say, okay, here's the poor and here's the... Because it's through their powers, it's through how they act, you have to feel this. And um, I hope you feel this. <laughs> and um, and um, uh, so he wanted to have like a small chamber piece, psychological piece, where you zoom in the windows of, uh, of these families. But of course, they were asking him, no, but you have to write I me, mean, there has to be choir at the end. We have to have a big finale. And there, no, no, here has to be also a big finale. So sometimes it's a little bit of fight. Also, you are getting into the extremely, extremely tight um, um, uh, relationships. And suddenly they are a little bit bloomed with the choir entrances which which comments and then so you see he was trying out a little bit to 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 form form and then i think later for example in otello it's much there are still these fantastic numbers also of a choir but they are somehow maybe uh, more involved into this psychological characters game as a theatre critic, of course, I've seen a production of Louisa Miller, the play, the Schiller play, which is, again, very, very rarely done in this country. It's done at the Donmar Warehouse a few years ago. Um, but um, so most, I'm surprised as how many opera people here had actually seen productions of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not done that, that often no. in the repertoire. But I think but, there's, a, there's been a kind of renaissance of... Louisa Miller, yeah. Louisa Miller, yeah. But how many did you saw it in English? No. Yeah. yeah that is something which is really it 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 changed a lot. It's it's really challenging. I think it's challenging for the singing because obviously the, the Italian bel canto is I can I I can only but it's different and and of course also the translation as good as it is it's very good written it's very good but of course, every language has a, his own mentality also in a way. So if you work it in English, it suddenly has, it's, therefore it's also impossible to just make a remake of because it's a bit different mentality. The expressions are just different. And through this, it just gives you also sometimes completely different twists in the relationship and in the characters. Are you using mm. a new translation? Yes, 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 yes. Commissioned for, for, for this production. Yeah, uh, Martin Fitzpatrick, who's the head of music, uh, wrote it. And he's very easy because when we feel that some things don't quite work for the singers, it's difficult to pronounce or it doesn't sound right or the meaning, or it's difficult to pronounce in the sense that you'd really understand it. Uh, we, 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 we just change it. We just all get together, okay, let's, let's do this like this. And then we, we just change as we go along to make it more organic. I mean, it means when some of us can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Welsh, uh, you know, have problems. <laughs> Because we're Welsh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's funny. I mean, to be honest with you, when I did Bohem here last year, I thought, God, what's going to be like doing Bohem in English? It's going to be strange. And at the beginning, it was a bit irritating, to be honest, because I'd done it about 100 times in Italian. And the first day, I was like, oh, this is weird. And then after two days, I was completely used to it. And Barbara was really, really worried, I think. I think she's used to it now. 
Just say yes, say yes. You, yes, yes, I am. So it's, <laughs> no, seriously, because actually you understand everything. Uh, and uh, although we speak Italian, uh, it's still different to do it in English. It was why I was worried, because actually you do understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> was your production in, in Germany was in, was in Italian, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. yes. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a gear shift to, to now do it in English. Mm. What about you guys singing in, in English or foreign languages, um, uh, European languages? Does it, is, is there a difference for you? Do you want to start? Yes. Uh, even as an, a native English speaker, it is actually quite hard to sing in English well. And... Uh, it, you know, even if the piece is actually written in English, like a Britain opera or a Vaughan Williams uh, opera, it, it's uh, English is actually quite a quite a hard language to to communicate uh, clearly and still sing very beautifully. And and we have strange diphthongs and strange uh, uh, consonants and 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 strange rhymes. Um, uh, and so it is. It it, it is a, a sort of extra effort. I, I learned Louisa Miller in Italian first. I felt that was quite important for me as a singer. Um, and then sort of learned the translation on top of that. And uh, it is, it just sits in the voice very differently, um, as well as sitting in the mentality quite differently. Um, and so it, 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 it is like learning another role it's the same role, but it's like learning another role if you're going to do it really well and if your audience are going to understand at the first catch exactly what you mean it, it, yeah. with the words that, you, that you're given in, in the libretto. Um, are you fluent in Italian? Uh, I, I can get by. I, I can order a meal and a fair amount of alcohol in Italian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah yes. I, and I'm much more... I guess uh, someone said to me sort of years ago now, but um, they made a good point in that pretty much every singer learns how to sing in Italian. So it's, it's in one sense, it, 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 just the technique of singing, you know, it, because Italian has such pure vowels and, and so you learn how to use your voice using that language. And so in one sense, it's, it's easy then to learn a role in Italian than, or easier than learning a role in, in English, simply because that's the way you've learned how to sing. No, the only thing I'd like to add to that is to sing uh, the, you know, the praise of our music staff, because we have... Uh, we spent a considerable, uh, considerable amount of time in rehearsals, um, uh, you know, as uh, me and I think all of us getting help on our and comments on our pronunciation. And uh, I mean, I myself and our fantastic tenor, we are non-native English speakers and uh, it's a great challenge and actually f for some of the English speakers as well, yeah. which is a great relief actually. But uh, <laughs> no, but it is a challenge and uh, it's also, I, mean, I, I remember when I got offered the role, I mean, the, my, the first thing that came to mind, are they serious? Me singing in English at English National Opera, they can't be serious. But uh, it is a great challenge. And uh, English is a notoriously difficult language to sing in. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's stunningly beautiful. And, uh, and it, it is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very positive challenge. Um, but it's hard work. Really is. Is it your first time singing opera? No, it's not. I have sung. Uh, 
I did tours for um, what was it called English touring, touring opera, opera yes. in, in those days. Oh, I will never forget. I had some dialogue in Daughter of the Regiment, La Fille du Regiment, Donizetti, and uh, I was the 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 the, the sul piece. Uh, and uh, the leader of the regiment, and I had some dialogue, and there was a word, ruthlessness. I, <laughs> I could not, for the life of me, end that word. So I would go, ruthlessness, and, or, or, or ruthlessness, and, uh, and in rehearsals, this became, uh, and I wasn't even trying to be funny or anything, I just could not end the word. So shortly before we came into dress rehearsal, they cut this line, because I mean, it was impossible. What then happened, what then happened that Mr. Paul McGrath, who was our conductor, he would in every performance throughout the whole tour, corpse in the pit where the sentence used to be. <laughs> so this ruthlessness has hunted me for years. But funnily enough, my first Rigoletto ever was uh, uh, in, in Wales, of all places, for a touring company, uh, Mid-Wales Opera, and that was sung in English as well. So I've done... Uh, I've sung Rigoletto in German and English and yes. Italian and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I've, I've, I've sung in English a few times. And uh, uh, as I say, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a challenge, but uh, a welcome one. I'd just like to add, and then I'll stop, because we were singing Barbora's praises and, and what you can expect. I've warned Barbora. Uh, if we stay friends, all will be good. But if not, this could go a little bit sour because there was a story we were talking about, about this uh, singer and director working together for five weeks. Uh, and the, the director wanted the singer to sing on his back and facing backwards and what have you. And the singer did everything the director wanted. Come opening night, curtain opens, the singer stood dead center, did not move a limb, <laughs> sang the whole performance, sang fantastically. The director obviously lost it attacked the singer after saying, what, what were you thinking? And the, the reply was, darling, during the five weeks of rehearsals, I would not even dream of interrupting your artistic process. When it comes to performances, I expect you to do the same for me. <laughs> Come and see. I think that's a perfect moment to throw it open to questions from the audience. And there we are, Mike, coming round. So uh, who wants to ask a question? One at the front. Sorry. <laughs> Will it be obvious from how they stand financially or in their lives from what the men are wearing? Which is which? A wealthy man? Um, I, I'm not sure I quite understand. It was about a costume. You, you, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, you will see. It's, it's a nice question because um, I, as I read the opera and I said before, it's a lot about violence in the opera, really. It is, uh, and what Walter, we know about Walter, that he's a murderer, you know, his son saw him being murdering somebody and uh, we know that he is he's kind of uh, somebody who is very ambitious for power and um, and... What is what is happening also to Luisa is basically, if you read behind the line, it's quite clear. She has been raped. Her father has been tortured. Uh, it's everything in it, and it is not a Deutsche Dramaturgie art. It's really um, in the opera. And uh, so I was thinking, where do we put actually this 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 place where it's so that you feel you don't have to. Um, 
play it because it's I think we are I always say we are living a little bit in a in middle European bubble where we are, we are having very good lives and very nice lives but um, even though I, I come a little bit um, uh, to the borders of a country I'm living in there is a lot of violence is still going on so we, we we choose we we will we will we tried to make a little bit uh, the feeling of maybe somewhere places like Mexico or something like this where you can't really say who really is poor and who really is rich because uh, uh, they on the first look look maybe a little bit the same but you do feel it in their behavior. So it's a colorful. We also have... Uh, moment for example where you well, on the stage it's 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 kind of just a white walls and and a frame and the frame you can associate as a house you can associate as a picture frame you can associate as a as a prison where somebody is captured in it can turns around and uh, we for example there is one scene when the choir welcome Federica to 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 the house of Walter and say ah, she's it's great she's here but it's obviously they want to capture her because she's the one who has now the power and and so on so they are, they are for example killing a piñata and they led her to kill the piñata which is like a puppet and uh, and they welcome her in the rule and so you see this kind of this kind of a society where it's a game but you always feel a little bit of, of of turning into the wildlife, a little bit of danger, yeah. So this is the costumes and we also play with, uh, with the clowns, for example, because at the beginning it's a birthday party and as we know, Miller has the problem that he really struggles with his daughter growing up and he was wished that he would be still the small girl forever because he don't want to be left alone and also in the last sentence when the daughter is dying, he actually says, oh, I'm so poor, it's so terrible because I'm left alone. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's everything. Thank you for a very interesting discussion. I've really enjoyed it. Can I ask you why you think that this opera has been so rarely performed in the past? The only thing that came to my mind, actually, sorry, that was that uh, um, the only thing that Louisa Miller possibly suffers from is that the same guy wrote Rigoletto, La Traviata, Forza del Destino, etc., etc. Uh, that in no way diminishes the value and quality of Louisa Miller. It just, it, it, he wrote better box office hits. I, th th that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, it's still a fabulous piece. It's a bit like Simon Bocanegra, which is very, quite rare, although that's making a comeback now, but yeah. it's an unbelievable piece of music. But it, 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 he doesn't, he, stupid, it's a bit stupid what I'm going to say now. Well, I'm a conductor. We only say stupid things anyway. Uh, but um, he, he's got melodies in Traviata and Rigoletto which you remember more easily. It's that simple, basically. The greatest hits in all of these later operas. And, and so somehow he hasn't quite, not quite got that melody that people, that just hits you in your, you know, you remember. Um, but the funny thing is there are absolutely elements, I was, that's why I now remember what I was going to say earlier. You've got elements of Otello in the last act. You've got elements of Don Carlos right at the end, you know, when the harp comes in. You've got uh, Traviata, direct quotes, and Rigoletto. They're all, their elements are all there, but he somehow manages to get those couple of melodies from those operas, and it's dramatically, dr uh, dramatically even better than later stuff. Uh, that's, that's why it didn't quite, and it's very hard to sing i mean just i mean these roles are very difficult the tenor i think we agree the tenor role is a killer it's an it's a really really a killer so to get a tenor who doesn't lose their voice then this is really hard to find um so maybe that's maybe those are some of the reasons 
maybe maybe it has also to do a little bit with the Schiller librettos. I don't know exactly, but if you think uh, uh, of Joan Dark, which is also not that often done, or the Räuber, I don't know how the exactly. It's 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 all also the pieces which it's a great material and the drama is really really fantastic but it's not that easy to read it is not so straightforward into the feelings and therefore I also think it is it is quite challenging to do Louisa Miller and to still let things open and to sing for and it will be challenging evening for the public this I, I believe so because um, if we would create this kind of rooms I was saying at the beginning then um, you stay a little bit in the same story all the time because it's very clear then it's very very clear there is just this fight and uh, and at the same time it is not it seems to be Romeo and Juliet but it is not it's there are different things in it so maybe it has also to do a little bit with this um, uh, librettist challenging thing question down here uh, do you think uh, Verdi captured the uh, essence of the Shida story Yes, I think he captured the essence of the story, but uh, still, because you you can tell where the people are coming from, and the essence of the story is, of course, believing of love, because without love, we would not have any opera. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, what is, for example, for me, over-romantic, which is very clear in the Schiller story, that the main character, Rodolfo, really fights, uh, as it is in the romantic characters, he wants to be loved from who he is and he doesn't want to be loved for his power and from where he is coming from. And this is still in this story, but at the same time, he is for the first moment just lying, Louisa, pretending he is somebody else. And 20 minutes later, he is willing to kill her because he don't know what he's doing, how he's so... The, 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 how is it written in, 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 uh, in Verdi? It's somehow maybe even more complicated because he has this background, but he is also carrying a lot of other things with him. So this makes the psychological character different than in Schiller, for example. Yeah. And of course, um, he always has the music which leads you into the, into the feelings. While when you read a story, you can read it always very differently, even though you read a, a line, whatever which line, uh, it depends how you interpret it yourself, the line, somehow. And in the music, in the opera, you cannot uh, just cut the emotions of the music, and especially not by Verdi, because he's very precise even in writing how many steps the character should do during a break. You know, he really knows what to do, to do, to do, you feel this is, <gasps> you do feel this thing. So, um, of course, there's a lot of um, um, interpretation of Verdi, how he was reading this story in. Any last question? One. You have the principal characters, you have quite a large chorus. What is the dramatic function of the dancers? Well, the, the, the dancers are, um, as I said, like, a, like the darkness which splits around and it's symbolic. I love to work with the symbols and to read the symbols and of course also the dark color, it's just a symbol of, of, of how deep we are getting, how deep we are letting our fears to come over us, to even lose our minds. So the dancers are, maybe you, you can answer as well, but um, yeah. 
I'll let you speak also a little bit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, the dancers are part of the darkness that is so clear within the story of Louisa Miller. Um, and a part of um, is um, kind of psychosis and part of his world that we play with, him being this character that comes out of nowhere and therefore the dancers are a part of this in a visual interpretation of the darkness and they use the colour, they're strongly connected to the, uh, the paint, the colour that we use on the stage, uh, which is of course black colour re representative of the darkness. Um, yeah, and in the letter aria, um, uh, that is sung so beautifully, <laughs> um, the dancers use uh, the paint on the walls and some uh, pens to write and to scribe through movement the, the letter that uh, Louisa is forced to write. And um, therefore, there's a lot of sim symbols in the production and with how uh, Barbara uh, directs. And I think uh, the dancers are there to um, push, push these images forward and to help you and to help also as um, a, a tool for the singers to feel that darkness in the space mm. um, in such a, it, it's a white, it's a clean space at the start. And I think the dancers with the singers, they're, they're a vital role in the production to create this dark atmosphere, uh, which is so clear at the end. The performances begin on February the 12th, six performances only. So hopefully you've got your tickets already. And I would just like to lastly thank, the, thank this glorious panel. Can't wait to see the show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for coming.